0: Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am glad that you are here uh, with us on this journey as we learn to create a just society right where we are with what we have to use. I've got some guests coming up in the near future that do just that in the areas that they live in, and I'm excited to share their stories. But for today, we're going to talk about something that's very important Uh, in the area of social justice, and that is to understand, first of all, who it is that we're bringing justice for, and what is their cultural upbringing, what's their cultural mindset. Uh, As I was pondering over an endless list, it seems, of topics that I have in my notes, uh, this one popped out to me that it's time to talk about this, because as humans, we live around the planet. Uh, in various culturals and speak various language and those languages and those cultures and languages cause us to think a certain way. And so when it comes to uh, creating justice, we have to understand who's involved in the process so that we know which way to go. And there are two major cultural divisions, or I wouldn't call them divisions in the negative sense, but just two cultural ways of thinking that we've developed as humans, and that is individualism and collectivism. Eastern societies tend to be collectivist in their thinking, although that's certainly not true for everyone, and Western cultures, cultures generally tend to be individualistic in their thinking, and so the way we approach justice is going to be very different for these two mindsets. And it seems, you know, as if everything in life does have a choice. Everything tends to be an either-or scenario. However, as a Catholic, I have learned that many things can be both and. God is creative enough to not always bind us to hard decisions. You know, for example, I grew up with the either-or scenario Either there's a God who created everything in seven days, or there's the evolutionary process. And when I came into the Catholic Church, I learned from very astute scholars and scientists that it could actually be both and. And there's plenty of evidence for both. That's just one example. We won't talk about that today because that's not our topic. But we're going to look at a particular situation in this arena where it can be both. We can look at both individualism and collectivism. And unfortunately, we've created an either or scenario with these uh, situations where the Eastern cultures think negatively, if you will, about how Western people are so individualistic and Western cultures tend to think ill of Eastern cultures and their collectivism, even lots of times thinking or categorizing the collectivist cultures as all being communist, that, though that's certainly not true. For example, India is a collectivist culture, but it's not communist in any way. So let's look at these today. What I want to do is break these down and look at the pros and cons of individualism and collectivism. And then at the end, we'll look at how we need to understand how this all works together in our neighborhood, Now, you may live in a Western nation, but certainly there are people from Eastern nations who are immigrating into Western nations and vice versa. So we have to really get a hold on this and understand it in order to broaden and deepen our ability to bring about justice in the world. Now, one thing I want to note with you is that I'm not making these up off the top of my head. I've listed a few things, uh, uh, realities about each of these cultures but I've done so by listening and asking people from both western and eastern cultures just years of just listening to people and really seeking to understand things for example I tend to put myself really into something when I do it in fact my friends often tell me that I take far too long to make a decision to do something but I always tell them that the reason why it takes me so long to make a decision is because I put myself 100% into something or I'm just not going to do it. So I have to really question myself and decide, can I put my whole self into this? So, for example, I I understand a lot of Eastern cultures by not just talking to East people from those cultures, but by being in those cultures, maybe visiting those places or by eating those foods and and having dinner with people in those situations and worshiping with them, just really trying to get that real sense of what is this about. And also, even though I grew up in a Western society, Western societies around the earth aren't all the same. It may have an underlying similarity to each other, but the details get worked out differently. So let's look at individualism first. Individualism is the premise of a society that promotes the idea that each individual has certain rights and that each individual has the right to decide their path and the right to live and thrive in the way that they see fit. Many Western societies focus on individualism, especially in the United States of America, where individualism, especially an extreme form of it, which is rugged individualism is held in very high esteem. Now, rugged individualism is the idea that you are responsible for your life. Therefore, if you fall down, you got to get yourself back up. Don't expect society to help you. Uh, There can be a lot of judgmental uh, attitudes in a rugged individualistic society. Uh, because, you know, it's like, hey, you know, you're to blame for your own problems. So you need to solve your own problems. We're not going to help you. Uh, and there are a lot of rugged, invig- rugged individualists want to get rid of like government programs to help the poor, things of that nature. So both collectivist and individualistic societies can have their extremes. But the general idea, uh, especially in the United States, is that Every individual has individual rights and has the right to decide their path and the right to thrive and live as they see fit. And no one has a right to speak into someone else's life and and correct them. Now, that might not be so in the family structure. So, for example, any correction If I'm a true individualist, uh, any correction of anybody to me would come from my family. So like my father, grandfather, and uncle has the right to to speak into my life and correct me, but certainly not a stranger or even a a not so close friend. And you'll hear this a lot in Western societies. You don't have a right to tell me and fill in the blank. Uh, So we, that is individualism. Let's look, first of all, at some pros. What are the upsides to individualism? Well, in an individualistic society, great wealth can be obtained by individuals who are willing to put in the hard work. And others cannot hold them back. So great wealth can be attained in individualistic societies and if people are willing to put in the hard work to do so and other people cannot hold them back they don't have a right to do that secondly individuals in a, in this uh, like what's called a western society individuals have the right to worship as their conscience dictates and it's talks about that in Oh, I'm trying to think if it's in the U.S. Constitution or if it's in the Bill of Rights. But according to the dictates of one's own conscience to worship God, this tends to stem the tide of government mandated religion. And I would say, and I'll make this another point, it also allows people to discover God uh, in, in their own path. And I'll show you why that's a good thing here in a moment. A third upside or pro of individualism is that it creates competition, which, when done right, can lead to inventions that really benefit humans and the creation of a number of jobs that provide security for family, many families. I was talking to a friend of mine who's from India, and they said, "Uh, Michael, um, here's how the United States and India can balance each other out. They said the United States is not all that great at worshiping God and pursuing a relationship with God. India is great at that. However, India couldn't create a proper bottle cap that screws properly onto a bottle if their life depended on it. She said, when you look at the bottles that are made in India, the caps don't fit and it's hard to get them on and off. But in America, she said, you have all have perfected (laughs) uh, bottles for drinking out of, and they easily work, the lids and stuff. And that was just a silly little example. But the principle is still there, is that when you have a society of individual competition, such as exists in America, then we can create amazing inventions and perfect things Because as an individual, we're motivated to do so for our own good. And, you know, again, for society's good. Because as an individual, you don't want to create something only for your own good because nobody's going to buy it if it doesn't work for them. So you're looking out for society as well by default. All right. Now, to go back to our point um, with... In an individualistic society, the right to worship God according to the dictates of your conscience, one of the outgrowths of that is my fourth point, a pro of individualism is it gives people the space to discover God through research and making mistakes and hitting dead ends, but hopefully discovering God without the pressure of society or culture that can tend to keep people stuck in one way. So in collectivist societies, I've noticed that people can uh, tend to worship God and, and uh, search for God within a box, so to speak, because their family dictates that bo- box to them, their, their neighbors. Society, just in general, hands you a spiritual box to discover God in, so to speak. But in an individualistic society, you have lots of space to reject God You have space to search for God on your terms. You've got to make your own mistakes, hit your dead ends. And hopefully in that process, you discover God in a very deep and meaningful way. So it's a very positive uh, uh, thing that can happen there in people, you know. And I have really goofed up and come to some weird conclusions throughout my life about God. But in the process, it Didn't work out. And so I was able to keep going and trying to figure it out. And that really helped me to get to a very deep place in my relationship with God. And then finally, just another pro of an individualistic society is you have as an individual the freedom to be who you are. Now, who you are may be crazy sometimes, and who you are may be amazing. (laughs) But whichever, you have the opportunity and the freedom to be who you are, which is good. And I think, you know, sometimes in that ability to express myself in a free society, an individualistic society, I express myself and sometimes by expressing myself out loud without fear of consequences makes me hear myself. And sometimes I think, Michael, that's kind of dumb, you know, or the way you're living is kind of dumb and the way you're speaking you're thinking, maybe you need to rethink this. But I'm able to rethink it because in a free society, I'm being who I am at that moment without fear of consequences. Now let's look at some of the cons of individualism. Some of the downsides. And these are some serious downsides. In an individualistic society, the elderly get left behind. We put them in nursing homes. Why? Well, because as individuals... Young individuals, we have to ship mom and dad off to a nursing home because they're an inconvenience to our individualistic pursuits. And I've unfortunately watched elderly be abandoned to some horrible situations. And one of these days I might get deeper into care homes, uh, especially nursing homes, and show uh, how some of the grave injustice is happening to the elderly. Another downside to individualism is uh, the disabled get left behind a lot of times now there are ways in which the disabled don't get left behind in an individualistic society because in that society especially in modern society the disabled have the ability to to voice themselves but that hasn't always been true a third downside of individualism is the wounding and taking advantage of others in order to amass wealth for self. So what I mean by that is there's been many people, and we could name some famous people, become very wealthy at the expense of others, and that is a grave injustice. Another downside is this lack of concern for others because they need to do it themselves. Well, you know, in life... When we fall on our face, sometimes we can't get back up ourselves. Sometimes we need the help of someone to come alongside and help us along the way. And then finally, another downside is a great number of homeless people and individualistic societies are created. So a, a homeless problem is created due to the demand of society to lift themselves up. And sometimes people just can't lift themselves up. I think of the example of a Christmas carol. One of, I am a big Charles Dickens fan. And I like how Charles Dickens used very creative writing to call out the injustices of Victorian England. And one of those uh, books on justice that Charles Dickens wrote is a Christmas carol. You got the famous Ebenezer Scrooge. And Scrooge, when asked by a couple charitable uh, men to give to charity, these men explained to him in the counting chambers, you know, hey, look, we've got the poor who need just simple things like food and housing this time of year, and those of us with wealth have the ability to help them, and... Scrooge was shocked to hear of this revelation. And he demands to know if the government programs have been shut down. He's like, did something happen to shut down the government programs? And he is surprised uh, by his need to care about these people. If they could just do what he did. And he says, maybe. And he said, and if they need to die, because these two men said, you know, some people are going to die if they don't get these provisions. That he says, well, maybe they need to die and decrease the surplus population. Thus, we don't need no more programs because people are dead. What a very callous, disheartening comment by Scrooge. And these two men were shocked at his response. But is that not the attitude of modern individualism? Hmm. So the pros and cons of individualism now, let's look at collectivism. In collectivist societies, especially a lot of your Asian societies, Eastern societies tend to be collectivists. And this is the society with the premise that individuals exist for the good of the whole. I'm not talking about communism. That would be that individuals exist for the good of the state. But that's not necessarily, now I think that's why Asian uh, places like North Korea, uh, Vietnam, and China can fall to communism because of their collectivist mindset. But in a, in a positive collectivism, uh, individuals exist for the good of the whole. And the pros of this, first of all, is you don't need high taxes due to families taking care of the grandkids and the elderly, the sick and the disabled. So if somebody's sick and disabled in your family... Or if the uh, kids are adults now and they're working well, the grandparents live with the ch- grown children and they take care of the grandkids while the kids go to work. So you don't need to pay for child care. The elderly are taken care of instead of sent to nursing homes or care homes. Uh, the, the grown children take care of the elderly parents. And so you don't need high taxes in a collectivist society due to the families taking the burden of what in, in individualistic societies You have to pay high taxes to pay for these services that you're not willing to do so. Secondly, the elderly are taken care of. Uh, Third, is not a big need for child care due to the living grandparents, as I've already mentioned, which, by the way, reduces the cost of housing because now you don't need housing for the grandparents and the grown children, but everybody's sharing the same housing. So uh, that helps bring down the cost of housing. Uh, But in an individualistic society, everybody is responsible for their own housing, which creates more of a demand, which drives up prices. A fourth positive of collectivist society is there's accountability brought into place. So if somebody is living errantly, then people have the right to speak into their life and hold them accountable. So for example, in the ancient native people's On the North American continent, you had vision quests uh, and things of that nature where the tribe could speak into the uh, uh, mind and heart of an individual who was erring in their ways and causing trouble for the tribe. So there's accountability uh, and, and the ability to grow as a person because others are dispensing wisdom to you. A fifth pro of collectivist societies is that there is support in hard times. In America, when you fall in hard times, well, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Oh, you're depressed? I don't care. We all have depression. We all have our problems. Why should I care about your problems, right? But in a collectivist society, there is wraparound support by others in hard times. Now, again, I don't want to. I know I'm painting a perfect picture of both of these societies. I'm only doing so for sake of time, but humans have the ability to mess up what is good. We know that. (laughs) So we can think of many examples where this is not the truth, but this is at least the ideal. A sixth beautiful thing about collectivist societies is family celebrations. Lots of big, beautiful family celebrations. Some of these Asian countries, the family celebrations they have is incredible to watch, where we just lack it in America. You know, we'll have Thanksgiving uh, for sure. But even in that, we, uh, you know, it can be boring sometimes. <laughs> we're talking about family celebration because, well, we're a society together. Seven, seven. Loneliness is a Western thing due to the isolation of the individuals. Not to say that Eastern people don't get lonely, and people in Eastern societies, but people in Western societies especially tend to experience deep isolation and loneliness, especially the elderly. And on the flip side, Eastern, people in Eastern societies who I've talked to have talked to over the years get frustrated because they get too much attention from others. But the upside is at least you're not dealing with extreme isolation and loneliness. Another pro of collectivism is that a, a deeper, there's a deeper spirituality due to strong cultural ties. And then finally, there's lower rates of homelessness, or at least should be. Now, what's the cons? What's the downside of collectivism? Well, one is that everybody is up in each other's business all the time, especially the parents are up in their grown kids' business and tends to stress out the daughter-in-laws, especially I've talked to daughter-in-laws from Eastern societies. They said, man, my husband's parents drive me crazy. They're always there. You know, so that can be a downside. Secondly, there's not as much space in collectivist societies to explore God for yourself. You are sort of handed a spiritual box. You are expected to stay in that spiritual box if you get out of it because you're really trying to discover God. Uh, it is. Uh, it can be daunting and face consequences for doing that. Next, there's a higher rate of grown children super rebelling. Now, I've seen people from India and Japan and different places who move to the United States and here to Portland, where I live, and they get away from that collectivist society and they come here and they super rebel. I mean, they drink heavily, doing drugs, partying all the time. Well, they're super rebelling against that collectivism so that, you know, in America, we can rebel against our upbringings, but I've seen from collectivist societies and exaggerated rebelling next in a collectivist society you tend to have a lot of power struggles so you get uh power struggles and cultural power struggles between one tribe and another one family and another one group and another so there tends to be that instead of the individualistic competition in a western society tend to have deep power struggles that can lead to war uh, in collectivist societies. So now you may ask, what does all this have to do with social justice? Well, I'm glad you asked because I plan to tell you. Social justice and the building of a just society does not happen in a vacuum, okay? does not happen in a vacuum. It happens within culture. Social justice and a just society happens within culture, happens within language and the general understanding of life. And to build a just society, you have to do so within a collectivist or individualistic culture. And both of those think different ways and think different, uh, have different perspectives on how to accomplish things. The problem comes when you try to do this within just one of these. Because both types of cultures have its weaknesses. If you put the collectivist and individualistic mindset together, you can fill in those weaknesses that I've named already. To create a just society in an individualistic culture gets slowed down due to having to deal with just one person at a time who more than likely has no other support. And so you're having to rely on public funding to accomplish it, because families are not supportive of their suffering family members. But in a collectivist society and culture, social justice gets slowed down by factions that can arise, and thus resources get swallowed up in a power dynamic among tribes, for example. So in Kenya, I do work among the poor in Kenya. In Kenya, the, the, all the resources in Kenya, which is a land rich with resources, gets, has been sucked up into two tribes and all the other tribes are left with deep poverty and suffering while there's a collectivist power grab going on there in Kenya. So what is the answer? Well, the answer is the church, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Why do I say this? Because the church is the perfect balance of both. The church is the perfect balance of collectivist culture and individualistic culture as the church we are one the bible says the church is one it is family it is a body that's moving together and so saint paul in the scriptures says the church is a is the family of god that that's togetherness the church is a body where all the parts are moving in unison together Uh, When we cite the creed in mass, we say, I believe in what? One, holy, Catholic, and apostolic church, one. And so the church has that collectivist mentality. However, on the other hand, as the church, we are given freedom as individuals to journey spiritually. Now, the church certainly presents the way to God. The church teaches us, she shows us how to arrive at unity with God, but the church doesn't demand that you do it a certain way. Certainly the church says uh, the Eucharist and, and, and the other sacraments are necessary for grace, but if you need to travel a certain path to learn some hard lessons, the church gives you that freedom to mess things up. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, there's all this corruption in the church. Well, It's because the church grants freedom for people to mess it up. The church doesn't get messed up. Just people get messed up. The individual gets messed up, I mean. And so, but the church allows that freedom. And I've had so many times where I've really made some bad mistakes and I didn't get judged at all by my priest, bishop, my Catholic friends. I didn't get judged. They're just like, well, you know, you learned your lesson. Let's get up and get going again. And so the church is this beautiful balance of collectivism and individualism. Individual has freedom, but the individual is called to connect and integrate into this body together with the others. So the individual is working for their own salvation and for the salvation of others. And they're praying for themselves and praying for others. They're, they're returning to Jesus week after week and calling others to do the same. Collectivist, individualistic, all together in one. I think of how people in my parish have surrounded me in deep valleys of sin and grace that I've gone through in my life. Now, I think of Yogananda, who was a Hindu a uh, spiritual master had moved to the United States, died in the 1950s. But Yogananda said that the world would be perfect if you could marry the efficiency of the West with the spirituality of the East. And I would add to that if you married the collectivism of the East with the individualism of the West, at least the positive parts of both. We really do need to discern and understand that to create a just society is to do so within a culture, within a people who may see things from a far different uh, reality than others do. I encourage you to employ the benefits of both collectivist cultures and individualistic cultures, but doing so within the culture of the neighborhood you are serving in as you create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend.